0: Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to our eighth season podcast here at BBeg Live and uh, our affiliate, My Hockey Live, of course. Uh, finishing up from the winter, always—it's always hockey season in New England. But uh, Mark Igo, unable to be with us today. I'm Paul McNamara, and along with Jamie Stasselin, we welcome in our partner and our special guest today, Jake Levin from NBC, NBC Sports Boston and uh, the Boston Globe. Jake, welcome aboard.
1: And hey, still put My Hockey Live and Big Big Live in that uh, hey, okay. bio, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> well, I use
0: the word partner, Jake, you know?
1: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it was, it was outstanding to be out at a game yesterday. I haven't gotten to cover a ton this spring, but I have now been involved. Uh, two of the three games I've covered, one of which has been for Be Big Live, have gone to at least two overtimes. Uh, the other game I saw was a one-goal game that wasn't decided until late in the fourth quarter, if we're talking lacrosse. So I guess I've got the magic touch uh, so far this year. But, boy, that Hingham-Duxbury game yesterday really delivered. Two overtimes, Hingham tied it up late and uh, gets the win in double OT at home.
0: Well, that's uh, the, Our timing is pretty good because that, that was a key game uh, in the latest power rankings from uh, the MIAA, bow our heads. Uh, the, the two teams that met up yesterday in Hingham, the Harborman and Duxbury, both uh, as of this date were number two power seeded in uh, Division One and Division Two respectively. And uh, Jake, I think both teams lived up to those rankings at this point in the season
1: absolutely i mean it was you always expect Hingham Ducksbury, duxbury really regardless of the sport it's going to be a closely heated uh contested affair and this one lived up to that but here was what was one of the coolest things about this game there was not a single flag not one not even a 30 second flag for wow. you know warding off it there was not even a minor penalty in this game, not a single piece of laundry made for a great pace of play. And it still went two OTs. The game still took maybe an hour, 40 minutes of real time. Uh, the first quarter itself was crazy. Duxbury possessed the ball. They won on the faceoff X. They had an unbelievable guy on the draw, Campbell paying. He must've won about 65, 70% of the draws yesterday. Uh, he won the opening draw and Duxbury controlled the ball. Some might say stalled, but they controlled the ball for the first Four minutes and change, uh, ultimately turned it over, or Hingham forced a turnover. I believe it was their poll. John Sula came up with the ball, and then Hingham possessed it. Some might say stalled for about four minutes. <laughs> and then, and then uh, finally, um, Duxbury created a turnover itself. They struck first. Hingham responded with 22 seconds to go, I believe it would have been in the first quarter. That would have been Connor Hartman's first of three goals, and uh, it was back and forth from there, except it was a long stretch between goals. There was only one goal the entire second quarter. Duxbury scored. It was actually Pang himself. He scored three minutes in, and it was 2 1 at the half. It was just an insanely low scoring game. And you knew things were going to open up a little bit in the second half, but 8 7 is still a fairly low scoring game, maybe average when you get to. Uh, Elite programs like Hingham and Duxbury together, but they're starting to get a little flow uh, once you got into the third quarter. But Duxbury, and we were talking about this a little bit before the call, Hingham only had the lead for nine seconds in that game. They went ahead 5-4. It's about midway through the third quarter. That would have been, I believe, on a uh, Key and Nichols, a Nicholas goal. Uh, nine seconds later, Duxbury responded. I believe that was paying again. Could have been Delby Lemieux, one of their big attackmen. Uh, one of them tied it up nine seconds later. And other than those nine seconds, Duxbury was pretty much in control. It was either tied or the Dragons were ahead by one. They never got up by more than two. In the one time, it looked like they were about to go up by three. And this was really the turning point in the game. Uh, Duxbury had a crease violation. That was with about five and a half minutes or show to go in the fourth crease violation goal waved off instead of seven, four, it stays six, four Hingham comes down. I uh, got one back about a minute later, make it six, five. Um, Duxbury does score again, seven, five Hingham makes it seven, six. And of course, uh, crazy play. Number one, Hingham ties it 3.6 seconds on the clock, seven, seven. That would have been Hartman to Nicholas. Um, just a big cluster. Right in front of the crease, couldn't really tell if it was a behind-the-back shot or how exactly uh, Nicholas was able to get it off, but he beat the Duxbury goaltender, who had an unbelievable game, might I add, Jeb um, Slimbaugh. He was awesome for Duxbury yesterday, hang him outshot the Dragons, both in terms of shots on net and uh, shots attempted. But uh, Slimbaugh was a real difference maker, but nothing he could have done there it was all helter-skelter in front of the crease. Um Duxbury had probably the better chances through the first overtime session, uh, but Hingham almost stole it at the end of the first OT. That would have been Joe Hennessy. uh was pretty much um, blocked, just straight-up blocked by Slimbaugh. He stood him up. It was almost like you see Giannis go up to block a shot and denies the Time Lord or something. It was a basketball-style block. It was incredible on Slimbaugh's part. That uh, sent the game to double OT. Uh, and then Owen Hoffman got the winner for Hingham 55 seconds in, uh, not much else, uh, Slimbaugh could have done again. He was awesome, but that's, you know, Hingham Duxbury is as advertised, and that's now four wins for the Hardman in their last seven against Duxbury, so it's average, you know, four to three, seven game series, that's how it'll go, but Hingham had lost 16 straight to Duxbury prior to this, uh, you want to call it a hot streak, or maybe water finding its level, I don't know, but, uh, it's been impressive to watch Hingham no longer have a mental block, I guess you could say, against the Dragons in lacrosse.
0: Well, uh, that's a great wrap-up, Jake. And uh, Hingham, of course, you know, the schedule is up and down, and they've got some uh, very winnable games throughout the season. So, you know, like many leagues, there's there's top dwellers and there's bottom dwellers, and getting up for a game is so important. And when they can bring their best in a competitive game like that and come from behind, like you said, you know, that that says a lot for their club and uh, bodes well for the postseason for Hingham. But before they get to the postseason, you know, again, not to look ahead in Hingham's schedule for the next few games, but uh, Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, they will host as the number two team in the state. They will host the number one team ranked in the state right now, St. John's Prep. Hingham currently at 13 or 14 and one overall and St. John's prep 12 and one in Massachusetts. So looking forward to that one. And Jake, I think you'll be on the call for that one as well.
1: That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, You know, St. John's prep, we know they're the defending champ um, not to mention the hockey state championship uh, that they won in March. Lots of crossover between uh, the two teams. I've seen Sarney out there doing his thing on the lacrosse field as well. So, Yeah, very excited for that one. Hingham has played St. John's Prep tough the last couple of seasons. Uh, This is going back before the pandemic and including that. And obviously different um, teams, really, from 2019. There's a couple kids who were freshmen, made an impact, now seniors. But by and large, you look at how the last year uh, plus this season has gone. And St. John's Prep has aced pretty much every test thrown its way. I mean, to have the medal uh to go back to the state final a year ago when they beat bc high and people forget that that game was uh lightning delayed and they they played it over two days yeah Yeah, it was a two-day affair so you know like a minor league baseball game was that the paw Sox played that 33 inning game a little different a little different of course but uh
0: well they uh, St. john's prep is uh you know they're gearing up they had a a couple of losses mid-season they traveled down to Connecticut and played Staples high out of Westport. Who's the number three team in the state of Connecticut, which is a great high school lacrosse state. And uh, they lost to Staples in a competitive game. And then they lost a game in state to Acton boxborough a, a surprise uh, upset, quote unquote, to many, but you know, AB is uh, in power rank number five right now at nine and two. And uh, they're certainly going to be in the mix. And I think, the St. John's prep Hingham game, obviously, the, both those teams will be in the top three or five of the rankings when the uh, seedings come out. But, uh, you know, so it's more jockeying for position. And as you said, Jake, maybe a preview of things later to come. But running down the top 10 coming into this week, we had St. John's prep one, Hingham two. BC High was three, and um, they suffered their third loss of the season to St. John's prep Um just just uh, went uh, Tuesday, I think, uh, and it was a whitewashing. St. John's with a, a strong showing and uh, ran BC High right out of Glatz Field, Cronin Stadium up at St. John's Prep, so BC High will have to recover, but they're one of the top five teams as well. Lincoln Sudbury at four, AB at five, and then North Andover, Needham, Franklin, Zavarian, and Natick rounding out the top ten. So, you know, the the, the talent level has grown in lacrosse. The competitiveness is there, and the league representation is spread out. But certainly Hingham and St. John's Prep are two to, to look for down the stretch.
1: Right. You know, active box throw, just back to them for a second. I actually saw them play against Duxbury. It was in the Players' Cup. That would have been over April vacation. AB was up 9-3 entering the fourth quarter. Duxbury came back tied at 9-9 and that was when I saw Delby Lemieux go off. He scored 5 goals in that game, 4 of them during the fourth quarter, but uh, that's when the Dragons ran out of gas and AB hung on to win. I believe it was an 11-10 final. I have to go double check my notes, but uh oh yeah, AB, you know, they're I guess you don't hear quite as much about them just because they aren't uh, all that close to the city, they're almost more in central Mass. They play in Eastern Mass, but they're more, you know, geographically out in the central part of the state. I mean, they're every bit as good historically as a Lincoln, Sudbury, Duxbury, Hingham, your traditional powers like that. And uh, again, the faces change, the talent remains the same. The program, like AB, they got to the final. Going back, I think it might have been twenty seventeen at this point. Maybe 2018, they played to uh played against BC High. I think that would have been at Nickerson at uh, BU. Um, so just again, AB right there with all these programs uh, historically, in this year's no exception.
0: Yep. Well, we want to um, spread things out a little bit and talk uh, about some of our teams that we see all the time. And uh, while we start to mention that, we want to thank our season long sponsors throughout the entire school year at My Hockey Live and B Big Live. Um, In particular, Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, always here to get you there. Uh, No Insurance, one of the finest uh, insurance agencies on the South Shore. And, uh, of course, full clean hand sanitizing gel, which is available on Amazon. We thank all those guys for their great support of not only us, but all of high school athletics, especially in Eastern Mass.
1: Wouldn't be able to do it without them.
0: Exactly. And um, we want to we want to move on. Uh, some of our our uh, loyal clients, uh, St. John's of Shrewsbury, the Pioneers, uh, of course, with their Pioneer TV network, and we've covered a lot of sports for the Pioneers teams this year and uh, this spring. They've got two great uh, varsities going in in both lacrosse and baseball. You know, we've been talking a lot of lacrosse this morning. Uh, St. John's, even though they play a tough schedule and their record. Is not as uh, eye-opening as some of the teams in the top five. Uh, they play a strong uh, schedule, as I said, and they are st- currently around number ten or eleven in the uh, power seedings, right there with Nadekai and Concord-Carlisle and Winchester. So they're competitive. They're going to, you know, they're learning a lot. Uh, they lost to Zavarian the other day. Uh, it was a twelve-five final. Zavarian currently seated number nine, uh, but it was a good game, and uh, they're getting better every game the Pioneers lacrosse team and the Pioneers baseball team has really come on. Uh, their ranking number is, is down in the lower teens, but they're, they're winning games on a regular basis now, and they're going to move up in the, uh, in the power rankings, and they're going to be uh, a tough team to face in the tournament postseason wise. Uh, we also want to mention uh, Austin Prep, who, who started on our platform just a few weeks ago. Austin Prep uh, is the, the top-ranked team in Division Three, They are 13-0-0 in baseball. They've got a pitcher named Evan Blanco, a lefty who is headed to the University of Virginia. We've had him uh, a couple of times in games against Bishop Feehan and against St. Mary's, and uh, he has been lights out. Uh, not overpowering speed, but he can spot the ball. He's got, he's got a great curveball, and uh, anybody that faces Austin Prep uh, is going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, Austin Prep will be on Big Live on Monday afternoon hosting Bishop Fee once again in a CCL Cup game. And uh, if you're around uh, Monday afternoon, tune in because uh, if Blanco's on the mound, you'll be treated to some great uh, college-level pitching. And uh, their lineup is excellent top to bottom. Austin Prep, uh, by some outside sources, is ranked uh, up as high as number two or number one in this, in the state overall. But they play in Division Three, and that's where they'll play in the postseason. Um, but Austin Prep uh, doing some great things. In their their last go-round in the MIAA, we might mention. And, Jake, uh, I know you're aware of that.
1: Of course, I know. Just thinking in terms of, uh, you know, not to go back to the hockey season, so many changes coming to the Buddy Fair Classic with Austin Prep gone as a whole team. And then I think uh, it would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the great Dan Shine uh, stepping down from his role As coach at Arlington Catholic uh, earlier this week, he'll stay on his AD. Um, But a 43-year run, I believe it was, for Shine behind the bench for um, Arlington Catholic. That's going to be a lot of uh, new faces down in Falmouth next year.
0: Exactly. And Dan Shine, tip of the hat to Coach Shine. Uh, As you said, it'll be great to have him still around as the AD at uh, AC. And uh one of five coaches in the history of mass high school hockey to achieve five hundred wins
1: incredible and, uh,
0: certainly a friend of the game he's uh, he's represented the coaches at the m i a a for a number of years, and uh, everybody knows dan shine everybody has a dan shine story uh <laughs> he's been terrific for the game and a well earned retirement from behind the bench to coach shine uh we also want to mention uh Framingham High, we follow the lacrosse team. They've been improving uh, all season long. They play in the tough Bay State League, and they've yet to get back to 500. Uh, They gave Natick all they could uh, want yesterday in a 10-5 loss. But Framingham, a team on the up and coming, uh, they're in the mid-20s in the rankings. So they will, even if they don't achieve 500 in the regular season, they will make the 32-team cut for postseason, and you never know what can happen once postseason comes around. They've got an excellent goaltender in Kyle Patriarca who can steal some some goals and maybe even steal a game here and there for the Flyers. So um, more Framingham Flyers lacrosse coming on our platform. Um, You'll enjoy watching these guys. They work hard, and they're very well coached. Um, We also want to uh, mention Waltham High played some games uh on Be Big live and uh waltham uh friends of Be Big live and my hockey live and uh jack perry who was their outstanding goaltender in the winter in hockey um an exciting player upfield uh in lacrosse and it's been fun carrying waltham high as well i don't know if you've gotten to see them play yet jake
1: oh i got to see them play hockey and you know i was even thinking this it's interesting to me uh I, and I'm sure there have been examples through the years. I can't think of many situations where a hockey goalie winds up playing the same position in lacrosse or vice versa. Maybe a lacrosse goalie plays something else in hockey. Uh, I guess the skills are different. You know, you're on your feet, obviously in lacrosse, you're on skates and hockey. And, uh, I guess you're using more of your arms as a goaltender in lacrosse. Whereas in hockey, you do use your glove, you know, you do your glove in the blocker, have to have good movement with your arms, but, uh, lacrosse, it's more of the hand-eye coordination, I guess, than hockey. Um, I don't know. It's just something that's always fascinated me. And I, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, like I said, but I'm sure there has been an example of somebody who's played goalie in both sports and maybe it's soccer as well. You want to go into the fall, uh, be, uh, be the netminder for all three sports. I think that's uh, three of the most thankless jobs there are in sports, three of the toughest positions.
0: Yeah, certainly some transferable skills, but uh, some different skills that are uh, unique to each position via each sport. But uh, interesting discussion, Jake. We, we, could, we could maybe do a whole po- podcast on that with some guests that have done both.
1: I know, time to do some digging. I'm going to start racking my brain. I mean, I'm just going back to my, well, not not when I played, when I say my day. My day in high school, I just think of, uh, you know, our hockey goalie. I don't even think he played lacrosse and our lacrosse goalie. I don't even think he played hockey. Um, And obviously that's just one school Well, 15 years ago at this point. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm going to have to start racking my brain for this.
0: That could be a unique feature in the globe, right?
1: It might. It might. I think I'm sitting on a gold mine here.
0: Have you has this ever crossed your mind <laughs> by Jake Levin? <laughs> <laughs> but the last team we want to focus on this morning is uh, we'll go outside the MIAA and talk a little bit of uh, ISL lacrosse. And uh, we've been lucky to follow the good fortunes both last spring and this spring of uh, the Belmont Hill Hillies lacrosse program. And uh, they are the top team in the ISL group of 16 this year at this point uh, they're going to have a postseason tournament we haven't found all the details out yet but uh, it's supposed to kick off this Wednesday or next Wednesday the 18th and uh, according to you know the the draft proposal uh, the top four teams will host games uh, this Wednesday in Belmont Hill for Belmont Hill that would mean a game Wednesday at Belmont Hill they do have one more uh, game on the regular schedule before that, which we will carry on Be Big Live. That's tomorrow afternoon at two o'clock, as Milton Academy will visit Belmont Hill. Milton Academy uh, currently three and nine overall by the latest research. Uh, Belmont Hill at ten wins and two losses, including eight and zero in the ISL. The two losses were. Um, out of area to powerful Deerfield and Avon old farms very early in the season, but they've run the table ever since they've got uh, a, just a host of good players to keep an eye on. And again, we start with goaltending and Matt Tory, their junior goalie who will play at air force uh, after leaving Belmont Hill in a couple of years, he's been wow. outstanding and uh, they've got five or six recruits on that team, maybe six or seven. Uh, But you'll have to tune in tomorrow to hear the details. or tune in Saturday, uh, depending on when you're listening to the podcast. But (laughs) we will have that game for you at Belmont Hill Saturday, uh, May. uh, What date are we at now? (laughs) May 14th. 14th. May 14th. But uh, exciting ISL lacrosse as well.
1: I know. I can't wait. I haven't seen Belmont Hill play yet this year, at least not in person. I've watched uh, some of the games on B-Big Live. Uh, whether it's been you on the call, Paul. And then Jeff Lane's always keeping me updated. Uh, the, our, our production, our ace production guy, Jeff Lane. Uh, co I should say. Jamie, of course. Uh, and Jeff's doing a great job cutting up some highlights. He, he wasn't even at the Hingham-Duxbury game yesterday. And he was texting me about it. And he said, oh, I'm going to have to cut that one up. And he put some highlights out there on the Twitter sphere, And uh, those were great. But he's been keeping me clued in on Belmont Hill. And looks like he saw a great game with them a few weeks ago, that overtime thriller.
0: Yeah, if anybody is listening in and uh, does have access to our platform uh, and you've got uh, anything from 15 minutes to an hour and a half, you can check out uh, some of the most competitive, spirited prep school lacrosse in the area. Uh, we were lucky to carry a Friday night game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, St. Sebastian's of Belmont Hill hooking up at Regis College. and There had to be 3,000 people there in person. Wow. And uh, we had almost 3,000 people view the game live on BBEG Live, but it is um, archived and you can get it on demand. But terrific game. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't (laughs) seen it, but St. Sebastian's went up 7 2 early in the game. And we'll just give you a teaser that the game went to overtime. (laughs) And it was a terrific game that ended up 12 11. And you'll have to uh, you'll have to tune in to see which club prevailed. But if you've been listening intently, you know that Belmont Hill's undefeated in the in the conference, so or in the league. But anyway, um, I I uh, digress. But that was such a, a fun game to be at and to be a little bit part of. And uh, these two teams, whether it's hockey, lacrosse, or any sport, Saint Sebastian's and Belmont Hill, one of the greatest rivalries that maybe plays a little under the radar because. High school sports get so much more coverage in the, in the news and the newspapers, but ISL athletics is so competitive and uh, the kids are very, very good, great coaching. And a lot of them go on to play in college. So Jake, uh, I don't know if we lost you there for a minute. No, Oh,
1: sorry. Sorry about that. Um,
0: uh, We just, we we just (laughs) want to remind people that, um, you know, we talk about the teams that we cover. It's uh, we we certainly have uh, formed relationships with these schools and and the coaches. But uh, anybody listening can get us to come to a game. Uh, you can find out all the information by going on the website at bbiglive.com and contacting Mark Igo. And uh, we we'd be happy to come out and cover boys' games, girls' games, tournament games, uh, other events at your schools, graduations. Uh, uh, Alumni talks, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you can talk. You can check it out by uh, emailing Mark at migo at myhockeylive.com dot com or migo at bebigcommunications dot com. Jake, final Let's-
1: words. I You know, I hope yesterday was uh, the first of uh, more chance I'll have to get out, see some more games uh, the rest of this season, lacrosse, baseball, softball, whatever, and uh, looking forward to uh, getting out there down the stretch, working with you at some point, Paul, and uh, seeing you, Jamie, and everybody else.
0: Uh, my sentiment's exactly, Jake. Love working with you and uh, hope we get that opportunity soon. And to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. And for following us on uh, all kinds of social media, but certainly listening into the podcasts when we have them up. And uh, good luck to your team. And uh, let us know your thoughts, give us feedback, and uh, hope to see you at a game soon. For Jamie Staslin, for Mark Igo, and for Jake Levin, I'm Paul McNamara. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.